0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. We have two divisions left, Kyle. The AFC West and the NFC South. And today we start the NFC South with the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. Welcome.
1: Keep pounding, Joe. Oh, yeah. Keep pounding, baby. Now, listen, have you read the title of this room yet? It says, Are We There Yet? Are We There Yet? This series, (laughs) it's been long. We've been very comprehensive. And I want to thank the fans of the AFC West and the NFC South for sticking with us because we're here. We're at the end of the line. This is the last week of this series. And then uh, just like Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to 2020, Joe.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to it. I started peeping prospects last week. Peeping? Peeping. Who'd you peep? Charles Snowden, edge rusher. Well, I guess he's like a hybrid type edge off-ball linebacker from Virginia. Believe it or not, that's the first guy I watched.
1: You no, know, that doesn't surprise me at all that you're watching Virginia Cavaliers.
0: Uh, hi, Sophie. Um, yeah, I don't. The defense is fun, man. I've had so much fun with that defense. I didn't want to, didn't want to stop. So he popped. He's a, soft, a true sophomore last year, and he popped so much when I was watching. You know, Bryce Hall and my weekly date with him. Uh, wanted to get eyes on him, so
1: weekly date.
0: <laughs> yeah, man.
1: <laughs> All right,
0: cool. You had, you had a weekly date with Brett Rippian last year, so you know you, you know how this goes.
1: Yeah, it's true. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> Sitting there, what does it look?
0: Ten thirty. You're ready to fire up Boise State and friggin yeah, I'm popping a,
1: popping a monster energy drink, and <laughs> getting fired up to watch Boise State play Wyoming. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Highlight of your day. Highlight of your
1: day, sir. I highly uh, recommend you you create time and watch Jerry Judy, though. Oh, I, th- I heard he's pretty good. Oh, yeah. my God.
0: <laughs> he's insane. I think he's Mel Kuyper's number one prospect.
1: I believe I saw that as well. He is a unicorn, though. Hmm. He, he had one rep. Who were they playing? They were playing Clemson as a natty. And he put, he put Mullen in a blender. And he must have banged off his his vertical stem four different times. And just he had uh, Mullen looking like he was on uh, Dance Dance Revolution. (laughs) Trying to stay with him. It didn't work.
0: Kyle, speaking of unicorns, is there any unicorns in the finale of Game of Thrones?
1: Uh, There are not. Oh, man. There are no unicorns. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, A lot of people pissed off about this.
0: I can't I wait to you, be pissed you, off in, in 65 more episodes.
1: No, 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 no. I don't think you, well, you watched two more.
0: No, I am just kidding. 60. No, I, there's 10 in season yeah. one. So I just finished season one. So I have 63 more
1: episodes. 63, left. 63. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the longer I go, the more I appreciate the way it, it ended. I think people were too emotionally attached to the specific characters and invested in like it ending a certain way. And, uh, I think that that once you apply logic and see the poetic justice behind all of it, uh, it was it was fitting for the characters and, and what their stories were like and, and what they'd been through and who they are. So I think if I went back and watched from the beginning, I'd appreciate it even more. Now, you first time through, if you're going to get the shock value, you'll probably be upset a little bit. Well, that's Kyle, I've watched 10 episodes
0: and. If there's anything that 10 episodes of Game of Thrones has taught me, it's to not expect the happy ending. All right. So I don't know what happens here in 63 more episodes, but I know that whatever I want to happen, I'm already getting myself ready for that to not be the case because I've already had my heart broken. All right. Once in 10 episodes by 63, I'm sure I'll be ready for this outcome. Poor dead Ned my well look maybe there's somebody all right look i've been i've word? been like barry sanders on on social media today and last night trying to avoid Dude. the game of thrones spoilers i so
1: the next two weeks you need to just log on say what you need to say and log back I, that's off. what
0: i did today and the Bills start otas today so i'm trying to like stay somewhat engaged to find out what the hell's going on with that
1: no nah, you gotta read <laughs> news stories you can't be on social
0: <laughs> Well, I'm, i've uh i'm working on my juke moves have been good so far so you gotta mute all those words too no, I don't have the rest of my life to spend muting words. So I have to r- rip so through we, it
1: quick. Yeah. Should we rip through the uh, first two teams in the NFC West or East or South? Fourth time's <laughs> chart.
0: Let's do it. All right. Panthers uh, and Saints. Panthers. You Keep want on there, sir?
1: Keep pounding. It. No, it's your local team. You need to. Yeah. Um, Man,
0: there's one part of me that loves this class, and there's one part of me that says, I'm not sure anyone on this draft class is going to help them. <laughs> it's it's kind of a weird way to look at the draft. Obviously, the Brian Burns pick at number 16, getting who I thought was the best pass rusher in the class for a defense that wants to be more multiple. I couldn't love that anymore. You get him chances to play in space, get him chances to use those great traits to rush the passer. I think he's going to make a big-time impact on this new multifaceted defense for the Panthers. So starting off with, on, a, on a positive note with, with that pick was one of the steals, maybe the biggest steal of the
1: first round in my opinion. Keep pounding, Joe. Good analysis here. Agree with you wholehearted. Now, w- when I weighed the pick value versus the rank value against the trade, the old Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, the Brian Burns pick was the third best value in the entire draft getting my number two player at 16. so i think Carolina didn't make this harder than it has to be you know you think about some of the the defensive ends that they've had in years past in recent history and i understand that they've had a general manager change within the past couple of years so uh we're we're willing to break some of the trends and the rules that you could apply to rosters of years past they like guys a little thicker than Brian burns didn't they Under Dave Gettleman?
0: Of course they do.
1: So this is uh, kind of a a fresh approach to pass rushers for fans in Carolina, and I think it's a home run. Now you move beyond that. Uh, Carolina managed to get uh, two more top 100 players for me. Uh, They got my 99th rated player in Will Greer at pick 100, which is a good value there, right where it should be. And they got Christian Miller, my 85th rated player at 115. Uh, both of those guys for me were third round value. So Greer, I get where you're coming from, especially when you say, I don't know if that's a pick that's going to help this team right now. Right? Like the Cam Newton shoulder situation is something to monitor, but from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the local guy. They're pretty optimistic about Mm -hmm. the shoulder for 2019. Yep. So a top 100 pick that probably could have been afforded to go somewhere else if you you wanted to try and get back into the arms race here in the NFC South. But uh, I I like the pass rush duo for sure of Burns and Christian Miller, Joe.
2: Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling Grundle Bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers
0: Well, and that's the thing about the Greer pick is, as I like the Greer pick, right? So because the Carolina Panthers have not drafted a quarterback at all since Cam Newton in 2011, so they haven't even given themselves that opportunity to develop a guy and and see what they have and potentially make a trade or make sure that there's you know a quality guy behind Cam. I know that they kind of got used to being to having Derek Anderson in that role, but this past year, I mean, it was game over when Cam was no longer able to throw a football. <laughs> it was season was over, right? That was it. And um Taylor Heineken. Oh gosh. Um yeah. So I mean hopefully hopefully this gives them a true option behind Cam if he were to not be healthy, or you know, look if Cam just can't get his health right to have some type of a plan in place. So I was I was on board with that. But like (laughs) look at this draft, right? Love the Burns pick, already went through that. Greg Little, I don't think he's a starting left tackle in the NFL. And and I wrote about that in my Panthers draft Mulligan for the draftnetwork.com. I just don't see a viable starter there. He's gonna need time. And this isn't a team with time. Ron Rivera's coaching for his life this year, right? Not only does he need to give the Panthers a winning season, he needs to convince Dave Tepper, their new owner, that he can win for consistently moving forward. Because that trigger was it sounded like last year they were they were ready to move on if Mike Tomlin was available. And if, if Ron Rivera doesn't prove this year that he can be a consistent winner, then he's not going to be coaching beyond this year. And so – Greg Little, I don't think, at a minimum, maybe he will be a good left tackle in time. I don't see it happening in 2020. Greg Will Will Greer, backup quarterback. Christian Miller, love the talent. Five-star recruit, super talented, always hurt. Jordan Scarlett, one of the worst picks in the entire draft. Dennis Daly, depth offensive tackle. And I don't know if there's a course to Terry Godwin sticking on this roster. So when you look at this class in totality, there's a reasonable case to be made that outside of the Brian Burns pick, there's no impact from this class at all this year.
1: I mean, you, you're obviously banking on Greg Little giving you something. Hundred percent. He picked, him 30, he, he picked him thirty-seven. Yeah, now he's. They lost Khalil, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, <laughs> at the absolute worst, is Greg an upgrade over Matt Khalil? Well, I mean, I think so. Of
0: course, but they so they got by with like this mix of Taylor Moton and Chris Clark last year at left tackle. Not ideal, right? The investment needed to be made, and somebody made a good point to me on Twitter. They said, "Hey, look." At a minimum, Greg Little gives them a guy that's actual like a guy that can play left tackle because in an ideal world, Darrell Williams is a right tackle and and Taylor Moton's a right tackle. And at a minimum, Taylor Moton can maybe be that left guard where they have a guard. Right. You play him at guard. But now you need Greg Little to be that dude. Right. And body control issues, lack of range. His base is just ridiculously wide. I just don't like the way he moves. I don't like his body control. And all right, well, go block the best pass rushers in the world. I don't know. I have questions about that right now. Only
1: well, good news is he gets to block Marcus Davenport twice a year. So. Oh
0: gosh, Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: say this: looking at the looking at the depth chart,
0: yeah. Taylor
1: Moton needs to play left guard.
0: Greg Van Roten ain't it at left guard? I'll tell you that because I mean, yeah.
1: if if Greg Little can give you an upgrade over what you had at left tackle last year, at all, and then you got Moton inside a guard, I think he's better suited for guard. Mm-hmm. Especially when you still have Daryl Williams one year deal, right, he's kind of on a prove it deal because he got hurt last year,
0: yep, yep,
1: uh, they signed Max Paradis, which is a great signing for them, and then Trey Turner, right guard, like you got a pretty solid front five if Greg Little can be an average starter for you, that's and I feel concern. like that's what you're banking on, yeah. You're concerned about it,
0: too. I mean, I get the, the,
1: the optimism. I, I, I am, but I'm sitting here <laughs> saying, like, you picked him 37. That's that's the expectation, oh. like, right away. And they traded up has to them. to be the expectation. Yep. Yeah, have to. So uh, I think that Greg Little – I agree with you in that. I think that Greg Little pick will define this class because you expect Burns to start. I expect Burns to flourish in the NFL. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be a very impactful pass rusher. But if you walk away – from this draft class and you get one starter it's a bad class period if there's one of these day
0: three picks that you would say you you can get behind it which one do you like
1: jordan scarlet oh my god no i'm just kidding i just wanted oh, to, oh. i just wanted to trigger you
0: <laughs> See, you did it successfully too
1: yeah Scar- <laughs> Scarlett was my 275th ranked player, oh, okay. player. Yeah. uh kind of polar opposite of what you need there right I mean dude, dude's just a, a downhill hammer run angry type guy uh, is gonna have a very small segmented specified piece of the playbook versus what you're gonna run with Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and they got a better running back in Elijah Holyfield yeah. as a UDFA uh-huh. so
0: a million times better running back
1: yikes all right so um I think Dennis Daly was appropriate value. I had him 207, he went 212. Um, guy that can play inside. I think he's physically limited, but each each and every year you see guys that are a little physically limited come into the league and they they kind of meet your size thresholds and your functional strength thresholds. And if you can play forward, you can at least make a positive impact in some areas of the game. And it's easier. And Carolina's done this in the past when Darrell Williams was developing as a player to kind of protect a player who might struggle a little bit in pass protection. And sure you make some concessions with your passing offense when you have to keep a tight end in, or you have to bring the backs to that side to chip and then slide protection away from that player. And, but I think Dennis Daly is a backup offensive tackle in the sixth round. Maybe you want to try him inside because he doesn't have great movement skills in space. I had no issues with that pick. I think that was appropriate value. And I like the fact that we're doubling down on offensive tackle. So I like the idea behind the pick, too.
0: This is NFL Under Review. Local experts on the biggest NFL stories. Yeah, Terry Godwin was kind of interesting to me because to me, Terry Godwin, his his course of staying on the roster is being a starting slot, right? Because I don't think he has a skill set teams. Okay, not going to be able to do it, right? So no. in front of him on the depth chart, DJ Moore, Jarris, right? Chris Hogan, Tory Smith, Curtis Samuel.
1: <laughs> That's the five roster of a wide right.
0: <laughs> So, I mean, unless they go thin somewhere else – uh you know, I, I, I you stash him on the practice squad because he's an insurance policy. But you know, I, I like him as a potential slot. But with this group of, of receivers, it was interesting to me. The daily pick I kind of can get behind, like you mentioned there in the in the in the late rounds there. Maybe maybe some inside outside flexibility. But he's a physical dude, right? There's no questions about his power and his ability to move bodies on the line of scrimmage. So you get a utility blocker. Maybe he can be. The successor to Darrell Williams, maybe, maybe he can play guard. I, I just think it gives you some options. So he was probably my favorite day three pick for Carolina, not including Christian Miller. Great minds think alike. Who day? Saints. Saints. Is, that, is it who day or who dat? I, you know, I can never remember.
1: Who dat. Who dat nation. Yeah. Who dat say dang to beat damn saints. Is that how you remember it all the time? Yes. I sing the jingle.
0: Okay. And who day
1: is the Bengals? Yeah. Who days the Bengals? All right. Fun fact about the uh, New Orleans Saints five-player draft class yeah. that had one pick in the first two days. Uh, they somehow managed to draft two of my top 20 players in this year's Gosh, class.
0: Two of my top 22, man.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. So they got Eric McCoy, my 19th-rated player at 48, traded up from 62 with the Miami Dolphins. Thank you very much. That led Josh Rosen. And then a 105, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, safety, Nickel, flex, hybrid, whatever you want to call him, was a top twenty fl- player for me as well. They got him at one hundred and five. Um, and did did we ever have any definitive evidence as to what caused this slide? They,
0: I heard uh, the one thing that I saw on Twitter, somebody reputable had said that he was not impressive in team meetings, right? And I think he went on like thirty or thirty one of them, where he kind of went in there with a ver- with an arrogance about him. And another person that I spoke to said the NFL doesn't forget about bad tape in 2017 wasn't good. Those are two answers I got when I tried to
1: figure this out. Now, I think that's fair. His tape in 2017 was shit. Right. <laughs> it was Couldn't tackle to save his life. But he got a lot better. Yeah. Like a lot better as a tackler. And he's got really nice clicking and close. I actually thought he was a better athlete than what he tested, too. So maybe that kind of, you know, all of these things pooling together was was a catalyst for him to slide a little bit. But yeah, uh, 16th rated player at 105, terrific overall value with their top two picks, uh, their top two picks at 48 and 105 in this year's class. A uh, really nice job for the Saints.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is, to me, this is a redeeming draft because it's well-documented what I thought about what they did last year. I gave them an F and Saints' who that nation came at me pretty hard. And, you know, they really didn't get great contributions from that rookie clash last year. But for them to come away with, you know, two players that you and I both have within our top twenty-five for me, top twenty for you, holy crap. And not picking, you know, until forty eight. Forty eight and one oh five are your top two picks and you get Can my traded t- up to get to forty eight. You originally were going to pick till sixty-two. Jesus man, sixteen—they get my sixteen and twenty-two prospect. I mean, that's two first-rounders. They got two first-round talents and didn't have a first-round pick. I mean, that's—I don't care what you did the rest of the way. I really don't. That is—that is an absolutely masterful job, especially with the the needs that those those players fill with with the Max Unger retirement for them to right. be able to snag Eric McCoy, who is a plug-and-play center. And they were—they gave some money to friggin' Nick Easton to be that guy, and and that was never a good idea. So. Uh, center is so important, you know, especially for an offense where uh, timing is so critical with Drew Brees and what he, well, all that he's able to do, making sure that that glue piece on the interior is there to take care of the protection, and that way Drew Brees can focus on the secondary. I thought that was masterful, and every defense needs a player like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson that can play low safety, high safety, big slot, tackle, quick trigger downhill. I mean, to me, this this was just a masterful job from the Saints who I thought – were incredible in 2017. They took a dump in 2018, and, hey, this was a hell of a job in 2019.
1: Yeah. Um, You look at the rest of the class, they had Saquon Hampton, uh, defensive back from Rutgers at 177, Elise Mack at 231, and Caden Ellis, uh, who actually played both ways at Idaho. Really fun tape. At 244, uh, Elise Mack actually snuck into my top 100 players as well. So they got three top 100 players, Two top 20 players and had one pick in the top 100 picks. Somehow managed to pull it off. Uh, but there are other two players, Saquon Hampton and Caden Ellis, for me, uh, even though they're fun tape, it's not necessarily promising tape. I think Ellis is a good athlete, but he's got a lot of development ahead of him. Uh, he's going to play linebacker at the next level. Uh, Saquon Hampton kind of banged up throughout the course of his career at Rutgers and not really impressive from an athletic uh, profile that he presents to so those two guys for me i gave udfa grades to so the saints either hit home runs with their picks or they pick guys that i would have rather have seen go undrafted and target later um, but like you said when when you get that kind of value early or you get that kind of value late i guess when you're considering they picked 48 and 105 and even Elise Mack at, at 231 I, I really like his potential as a receiving tight end on this roster uh, I, I think you have to get excited about the class as a whole. This this scored as the best value draft class for me in the 2019 NFL draft versus my own personal evaluations of the players just because they got incredible value with three of their picks.
0: And if there's a spot, you know, I had my reservations about Alizé Mack, which we dis- we debated heavily in the Battle of the Boards. If there's a spot for him to flourish, right? Like it's here. Yeah, this is the spot. And and uh, I know they brought in Jared. Got a great Cook. Guy
1: to learn. Be- I was going to say, great guy to learn be- with yeah. behind Jared Cook.
0: Very similar type strengths and weaknesses coming out. So I don't know how long Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback and how much you know he'll be able to to hook up with Mac. But I mean, you could you can cause some problems here with with some of the size speed combinations you can put on the field at the same time and and really stress defenses in a lot of ways. So like like that pick there later on.
1: Is this a super bowl roster yeah it is
0: i've been thinking a lot about my super bowl picks because i know everyone just is in pins and needles wondering who joe marino predicts for the super bowl and and i i am having a hard time moving away from new orleans from this conference especially a yeah. team that's hungry pissed off as hell coming off last year with the way that they got hosed uh, this is a good football team it's great great coaching in and, and a hall of fame quarterback i i don't know i don't know i don't know you can point to another team and convince me that they're
1: that new orleans
0: shouldn't be your your pick for the nfc
1: listen this this defense is rock solid too you know we, we talk about the offense but a defensive depth chart with cam jordan sheldon rankins malcolm brown marcus davenport uh, a.j klein alex anzalone demario davis von bell marcus williams johnson garner johnson marshall Lattimore, eli apple pj what Whitley- like Really good. Patrick Robinson's on this roster. Ken Crawley's not a bad football player. They got talent. They yep. got a lot of talent on both sides of the football. And I'm kind of with you, man. I I I like what a lot of teams in the NFC did. I like what the Eagles did. I did like what the Cowboys did. Cowboys are kind of in that winning window right now. I like some of what Seattle did. I think the Rams had a decent class. What do you that think about seems. Green
0: Bay? I mean, is Green Bay – The you know, I'm always uh, – this Aaron Rodgers thing inside of me is always going to have me pushing in that direction. Right. I mean, you can't write them off. No.
1: No question. No, it's They got better. You got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's – I think for them it's like how quickly can you get the chemistry with the new coaching yeah.
0: staff? Oh, 100%. Yeah. It, so it, really, I, I think that's mm-hmm. – if, if Wentz is going to be the Wentz we saw at the beginning of 2017, that yep. team's freaking good all about who's going to play the patriots in the super bowl, right? Or the charge nope.
1: or the chargers. Nope. Nope.
0: Colts. Colts. Okay. Man, it's freaking May. We can't be getting this excited yet.
1: <laughs> I listen, I, did, I wrote studs and duds today at draftnetwork.com and I kind of just overviewed the Colts as a team and and what they were able to do this offseason. season and you know, it might not be 2019 that they get it done. But they're set up in a really, really good spot, especially, especially
0: now with swag Kelly. I'm oh, no the, doubt. Yeah, a game team. changer, right? Jim Kelly's pulling some strings, brother. He convinced John Elway to draft this bum, and somehow his, his, his uh, backup quarterback, Frank Reich, is committing a, a spot on his 90 to Chad Kelly with his track yeah. record. I'll tell yeah. you. I know. Anybody I know. will do things for Jim Kelly, and I, I guess I don't I blame him, but my God
1: it's all about it's all about who you know. <laughs> that's what they say about getting in the league. Um I think that's going to do it, Joe. Any parting thoughts?
0: You know, you better wrap cuz I'm going off the rails here with random talking points and uh got a
1: long summer ahead of us. When when are you starting season 2 of Game of Thrones?
0: Uh well, I wanted to last night while everyone was enjoying the finale, but the uh the shared Hulu account that I'm using, they were watching the finale and I didn't feel it was appropriate to bump them, so uh Hopefully, me and the misses will will get to work tonight.
1: Okay, it sounds good. I look forward to the updates. Um, shoot, I might start over. I don't know do. what to do with my Sunday nights now.
0: Well, I went ahead and ordered. I went ahead and ordered the uh, the book set, so that I'm I'm in good shape for when it's over. I'm oh, not going to be a monster.
1: I'm like you. Ready to go, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. Might just go through Rick and Morty again. No, nah,
0: dude, that show's terrible. No,
1: how dare you? No, I, you watch one. watched one episode.
0: It was the worst twenty minutes of
1: my life. I got to be honest with you. That was terrible. I'm sorry you feel that way. I can't believe you like it. It's funny as hell. I I'm not gonna argue with you in a formal like bet capacity though. It's not for it's me. It's, more, it's like more, Jermaine more, Pratt. No. It's just not for me. More, more people would probably side with you than side with me. I have a very juvenile sense of
0: humor. That would be a tough table for you to pound and, and like get supporters for, the Rick and Morty yeah, table. Pr-
1: no, they got like a really loyal following, but it's small. So It's
0: like me and Nacho Libre. I get it. I know what you're talking about. A lot of people think that movie is so stupid, and I think it's
1: pure gold. See, I just agree to disagree. Yeah. Folks, come on back tomorrow for Takes on Takes. I might drop a uh, Rick and Morty – Take on Joe for takes on takes. I don't know. But you can drop your takes on us. I'm at grinding the tape. Joe is at the Joe Marino. Uh, swing it over to draftnetwork.com and catch up some of our latest and greatest. We got great content up. Even though it's the quote unquote off season. it's always draft season at the Draft Network. Thanks as always for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.